There's a subreddit for everything. For everything. Everything. <laughs> for <laughs> trust me, I've looked. <laughs> I have read some interesting ones in my time. What's the most right? dragons? Dragons fucking cars is probably the most <laughs> obscure one, and it's exactly like people are like, okay, what's what's that about? I'm like, well, it's pictures of, you know. <laughs> What you think it is? Obviously, not real ones. Obviously, no. Well, no. photoshopped. So it's, it's just drawn ones, or people go to the effort to draw dragons' fucking cars. Because there's a subreddit for it. Why not? There's also unexpected thug life. Is the other one I ran into recently? They're some of the more interesting subreddits. <laughs> Mitch lives in the dark corners of the internet. Yeah. And with that, let's begin. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of the Pause Podcast. I'm your host, Ewan Roxborough, and welcome to the weekly show. I, I keep saying weekly, and it's not weekly. It really it's really, really weekly, not. Then. Just, I'm trying. I'm if you really say it every trying. time, you have to dedicate yourself to That's it. That's true. So. The podcast that happens every so often when we hit pause on whatever movies, TV shows, video games, or music we are watching, slash playing, slash listening, to discuss them with our friends. I'm joined today by... Crap, I totally forgot to make up catchphrases for you guys. Make Quickly, make one up. No, it's, I want a catchphrase made for you. <laughs> to the man in the checkered shirt, Kieran Tierney, how are you? It's not even checkered. It's really not. I'm worse now. Thanks. F- to the freshly showered, Kieran? Yeah, the fre- yeah, better? yeah. and We're freshly nail cut. Days. So as a bit of backstory, Kieran rocks up. He's like, can I cut my fingernails? So he stands out in the balcony for about 15 minutes, 10, 15 minutes, and cuts his fingernails. Because he just had his weekly shower. Yeah, <laughs> weekly yeah. shower. My, my weekly shower. He's there not lying. You're very well prepared. I've lost my nail clippers, and it, like, I, I'm kind of with you here. I like keeping my nails I just under use, control. I just use, like, the fingernail, like, the scissors. I don't have clippers. I just use, Are like, you scissors. scissors? Yeah. You reckless man. YOLO. Right? He's wild and he's dangerous. He's Mitchell Stewart. Is that, is that my catchphrase? <laughs> he's wild and he's dangerous. It's Mitchell Stewart. How you going, Mitch? Uh, I'm well. I'm well. Cool. I meant to ask, is this your first podcast this for is, both of you? This is for both of us. We're both podcasting virgins with the dirty old podcasting man. So, <laughs> so dirty. Noob is the turn I was going to go for, but... Let, yeah, I'm, I'm happier with that. I think let's roll with that. <laughs> Do you want to kick things off, Mitch? What is your topic? What is my topic? Um, it's kind of a broad topic but um i've t- i've brought in dungeons and dragons as my awesome. sort of pop culture thing and um we just got like our entire audience rolling their eyes because they're like dungeons nerds. and dragons yeah <laughs> but <laughs> uh, what i should have done is i always explain the game first to people i go if you could play a game where you could literally do anything that you can imagine and you can say your character can say whatever they want perform whatever action they want like would you want to play that game and everyone's like yeah that sounds amazing because there's like there's magic and there's sword well, fighting stuff. Well, you can. I'm like, well, you can. And then I'm like, and it's Dungeons and Dragons. And they all go, oh, that's for nerds. That's lame. Yeah. But it's not. It does have a stigma attached to it, it doesn't has it? A really bad stigma attached to it. Yeah. I, I don't know where, that, where that's come from. I don't. I was sort there of a know the TV background. Show or? Well, the pop culture references is how it caught on. Mm. Um. So within TV shows and stuff, but originally, from what I understand, it was there was like a conservative religious crowd who were like, oh, the demon worshippers. And they try to convince everyone not to go for it. And so it was seen as this really sort of like satanic nerdy thing. Right. But also there was this one point, I think it was in the 90s, where there was a guy playing a Dungeons and Dragons game and he went missing. Mm. This was in America. And everyone assumed that he'd, like because of something, like because of the game he was playing, he'd gone missing in this like subterranean tunnel network. Because he was like exploring it and they're like, oh, it's because he liked Dungeons and Dragons and he was trying to play it in real life. <laughs> oh my God. But wow. really, he'd just like gone camping or something for a couple of days. But th- because that was never cleared up, everyone's yeah. like, okay, Dungeons and Dragons has a bad influence on youth and it'll make them try to play it in real life. This and- is like where the sub shooter is like, it must have been all that Call of Duty that guy was playing. Exactly. Mm. That or he was a psychopath. Well, that, yeah, that's where the stigma comes from. Yeah. Same with any game, I think. And it's just- it- it's a pretty bad stig- stigma because I'm a quite an open, self-professed geek, and even like the first time, that... I'm not. I'm really not. Come no. on, <laughs> <laughs> come off it. Everyone's just looking you at run, my shoulder. Yeah, you, you run a podcast. Is that Lego I see there? <laughs> you run a podcast where people talk about Dungeons and Dragons. You are the definition of geek. Yeah, mm. like yeah, um, it's true. Yeah, but I mean, like the first time that you know that Mitch ever ever suggested playing it to me. 
I did have a bit of a... Okay. That that was my thought process. Was was just... Blank. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I love how you're like... Yep. Sure. <laughs> mm. It's just... It, it is... It is good though. I have enjoyed it. Like, yeah, it's great I, fun. Yeah. So, as a bit of fill in for the audience here, we've obviously uh, uh, the three of us and a couple of other guys, actually, who they've both seen before, Callum and Lars, mm-hmm. they've also been on the podcast from time to time. Uh, we have played the occasional Dungeons and Dragons. We played twice now, haven't we? Twice, two games, yeah. Two games, yeah. It's, it's, it's really good fun. It is good fun. And as, as soon as people try it, they're like, yeah, why is there any stigma attached to this? This is great. Yeah. So, I think if people try it, they yeah. love it. I can just hear my cat yeah, meowing in the background. Really. I don't know if that's picking up the microphone. Mm. Shut up, Beans! Oh that's going to come through beautifully. Shut up, Beans! Um, yeah, but as, what, what sort of initially sort of drew you to Dungeons & Dragons? How did you start? Uh, so, you know um, Armageddon, the expert yeah, pop yeah. culture? I went to that one year, and my mate and I were like demoing magic. So I'm showing my true nerd colors here. I'm like, yeah, I play magic as well. Yeah. Um, Magic's great. I've, I've played magic. And Brilliant. in the interim, like between magic games, one of because Wizards of the Coast makes magic and this, mm. and there were Wizards of the Coast reps. They're like, would you guys like to give D&D a shot? And we're like, nerds, but yeah, we'll give it a shot. Sure. And they had like a demo session that went for, I think, half an hour or more. And it was really fun. Mm. Like it was, it was really cool. Yeah. And so he and I bought the starter set, which is... Like, where these books come from. So, this is just, like, the basic manuals. There's huge, thick ones that you can get. But yeah. these ones are just basic ones to teach you how to play. So, we bought those and just went from there. Right. Oh, okay. Quick start rules. Yeah. I love, I love how, like, when you buy, like, a, a new phone, for instance, the quick start guide is, like, a little pamphlet. And this here and this... is, like, a Target catalogue at Christmas. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the game is huge. And that's another reason I think people get put off. Because, yes, there you can do whatever you want. But yep. there is still a rule system that takes a long time to learn. Yeah. Because you have to write a rule system that allows for players to do anything. So Yeah. I've still not got my head around how the whole dice thing works. Because you've got like five die of all sort of different shapes and sizes. But we only really seem to use one or two. So there's six die, I think. Six die. Okay. So there's a four-sided die, a six-sided die, yeah. an eight, ten, twelve, and Sorry, I should note die. at this point, touching the table is not so good for the bike phones. So yeah, just be careful so when you're putting the glass down or whatever. Dice. So this is the most <laughs> <laughs> yeah. the most important dice is the twenty one, which you'll have you like is the main one you'll use. Yeah. So most checks that you do will roll the d twenty. Mm-hmm. Uh, other types of dice, it just depends on like there are some dice where your character might never use it, just because yeah. his type of attacks don't need it. All right. Okay. Hmm, there you go. Learn something every day. Hmm. Yeah. And I suppose with with your theatre sort of background too, and and you too, Kieran. Come on, it you've is. done a show as well. I've, I've done I've done the one show. There you go, yeah. you've got a theatre background. And the occa- occasional film that I just cast myself in. Um, I'm sorry, Bloodsuckers is... was a work of brilliance. Ah, thank you. You wanna might want to check out Ewan's other channel, UNT Roxborough Films. And... Oh, thanks for the plug. That's a great plug. Well yeah. played. Thanks, man. Um, it, it is kind of fun to sort of embrace your character and sort yeah. of just make shit up about it and, and just sort of... Get into it. I, you've mm. told some pretty sort of cool stories in the past of the yeah, like shenanigans get, you got up with your friends. Yeah, you get like really immersed in it, and it's that's when it's, it's most fun. Yeah. Hey, Mitch. Yep. Tell tell the gay marriage one. Uh, is this okay, one of these so moments? Is, like, can I tell this story? No, the I think I can. So it's it's not from my experience, but like I'll give an example of it's a good actually example of what you can do in the D and D universe, and it's funny at the same time. Yeah. So there was this party. It wasn't me. I've read this online. There was this party of a few people and within the first few sessions the dungeon master who's effectively the narrator of the game was like oh there's this powerful lich who has come back to life and you guys should kill him mm. and so the party was like yeah we'll, we'll start investigating this because the lich was raising a zombie army Yeah, and they get to like that leads them to the city and once they're there they decide to ditch that because they were bored of it and so this DM's written this enormous like history and lore and all these sessions around the lich and they're just like nah because the queen of the city didn't allow gay marriage. So they went to this whole campaign of, like, political intrigue. They were, like, trying to, like, assassinate her, like, advisors and get on her, like, trusted committee. And they eventually got into her advisory group and one of them became one of her chief advisors and they worked away, like, favour with her. And then Mm. they assassinated the queen after, like, months and months of work. And so one of them, the party, decided to become queen. Like, you can do that in-game. You can just be like, 
I'm going to perform the ceremony to become the monarch. And they did. And on their coronation day, 100,000 zombies swarmed through the city because they'd just forgotten about the lich this entire time. And he'd raised this enormous army and has just obliterated them. It's something so much fun as a dungeon master, as the sort of controller of the game as well. And obviously that's, you've had some experience doing that. Well, I prefer... So the two roles are player characters and dungeon master, and I prefer <laughs> dungeon master. Yeah. Just because it's more creativity. Yeah. Do you yeah. maybe want to go through how like the dungeon master and checks work and everything? So, yeah, as I said before, so the D20, I'm not sure if that's very visible there. It's quite a small dice, 20-sided. Um, I've got a good example here. So the dungeon master is, like I said, the narrator, and he'll tell the party something like, you hear sounds up ahead and see the glow of torchlight through the archway in front of you. Beyond the archway, a large chamber features a rickety table, a couple of old chairs, and three small creatures. Goblins. So, obviously, goblins are enemies. Yeah. And so the players are going to want to hit them. So the players would be like, okay, I want to fire an arrow at the goblin to the left or something. And so the dungeon master would call for a check. You roll the dice, but I won't do it because it'll start the <laughs> Yeah, so you roll the dice, you add a modifier based on your character sheet, and that will determine whether your check is successful. Yeah. So it, it is quite a relatively simple game to play. It, yeah. yeah. When, you, when you discuss it like that, it's pretty easy. Yeah. Yeah. So all you're really limited to is your imagination. Because mm. some people will just be like, yeah, I shoot my arrow. But some people will be like, okay, I charge in there, use my strength to flip the table onto the goblins and like throw smoke like a smoke bomb in their face or something like that yeah like, yeah and like we've had some pretty fun times as well like when calm stuck up the tree i just use my strength to pick up the tree and shake him out <laughs> <laughs> yeah so that's the, the best thing about D is the moments that it creates like the fun things like what's something that you guys remember from our campaign like what's a moment that sticks with you because i guarantee there'll be one that you guys really enjoy talking about uh my favorite one would probably be the time that ewan tried to intimidate a guardsman uh, rolled a one with a negative charisma modifier on his character, making it just awful, and um, tried to slam his fist down on the table, swung, missed, tripped over, and made a small <laughs> sound, as opposed to a growl. At work of work of Mitch's genius to yeah. come up with these yeah. scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Thank you. I love that though. Like, and there are so sort of few sort of games where you sort of um, make your own sort of story. Um, I can think of a video game sort of references like a lot of these sort of open world like Daisy for instance but there's no sort of structured story you sort of go into it and it is what you make of it yeah um, and it is a lot of fun to, to play for that that reason and with good friends that, and we often sort of like take the, the piss out of a we, bit of it as well yeah which is you know yeah, adds adds to it I think what's Bob Bob Callum Callum's catchphrase um, in his character's catchphrase, catchphrase was where's the brothel yep because yeah. every town he enters it's just a just a classic calendar to say, it really, is. isn't it? It is. His presence still haunts the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Lars's Lars's catchphrase is what magic missile to the face. Yeah, yeah. just he resolves every scenario. If it could be like if you could negotiate something, he'd be like, nah, magic missile to the face. <laughs> uh, we we also we set up our our group as a company as well. Yeah, see, that's yeah. like cool little things like that that I think really make D&D it's when you take it upon yourselves to make it I'm the yeah, CEO I don't, I don't know how we decided that how are you the CEO I am the party leader who gives all the buffs to the other characters in uh, that's true yeah and we you're the big girly guy so you're security uh, yeah. yeah and he's stupid <laughs> I remember this mm. it just it ju- I just fit my character so well it's, it's you know shut big, up Ewan. big burly and shut stupid up. <laughs> Yeah, it is good. So you play quite regularly with your, your friends, don't you? Oh, we haven't. Uh, uh, it's been really bad because, like, this past year we've just all been busy. Sure. But Almost like the weekly podcast. Yeah, see? <laughs> yeah, because we were like weekly game, and they were like four months later, we're like, we haven't played a session in four months. Mm. It's like, this is a problem. Mm. But when we were playing regularly, it was it was once a week, sometimes twice. We got through like 40 sessions in a year almost. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that leads to. That's when it becomes even better because there's like character development and there's like recurring story elements like i've got characters that i introduced in the third session to them they forgot about them and then 20 something sessions later they're like oh wait that's suddenly relevant wow at least they didn't ignore a lich for like four months yeah. <laughs> they haven't done that yet but... <laughs> so do, do you the stories that you you create like how how often do they arc like how sort of are they sort of pretty self-contained stories or do you have like a story that'll go for like three sessions and then change to a new one or is it even longer than that? It, d- it depends. Um, so if you're doing a regular... Ca- if we're doing something like our group does, which is just we meet 
once a once a month sort of thing and just play a fun session. Mm. You don't really want to make it a huge story thing because it can detract from the gameplay. Sure. And it can become annoying to remember things that happened like a month ago. But with with my with a regular group, you make it it's a it's an overarching story that sort of sometimes sprouts little uh offshooting sessions. Mm. I'm trying to figure out which mic is yours is. I need to think I need to turn it up a little bit. Uh, Am I not? Do I need it's to like one of those games where you follow the, the cable. Yeah, maybe closer. That'd be good. Okay. I'll just turn it up just slightly. I'll just... Uh, that's all good. Um, I, what, what I like about sort of Dungeons & Dragons is that you can sort of apply the rules to different universes, right? Yes. So I, like, I think we discussed like a Pokemon Dungeons & Dragons. That would be cool. That would be awesome. I'm also thinking like Adventure Time as well. That'd, mm-hmm. be, that'd be super rad. I mean, it's kind of kind of close. You could, do, you could do sci-fi. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, oh man, like a, a cyberpunk sort there of one beat. Just... What if you were all living spaceships with various attacks? <laughs> I'm sorry. No, it's possible. It's like the next yeah. Disney Pixar Cars Planes movie. Spaceships. Spaceships. <laughs> oh, spaceships. Oh no, but I mean you, you could you could even you could even like I reckon you you could you could just do it like like real world. You could have a yeah. police officer or a something Yeah. Something. Oh so, man, so, that'd be cool. So it's a basic rule system, which is called the D twenty rule system, which is like checking with dice. Yeah. And you can just sort of take this rule set and apply it to anyone else, but there are separate games. Like mm. there is a role-playing game where it's you play as a like a detective. Right. So there are like wow. certain checks you do when like investigating crimes, and there's there's a Star Wars one as well. So there are there are different ones, but a Star Wars one. There's a Star Wars I am RPG. So sold. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's it's effectively the same game as this. Yeah. But just like you change the stats up a bit, and you've got yourself a game. Yeah. How, how do they sort of how do they sort of brand it though? Like how how do they control it? Because I mean, it's just a concept, and you still need die. Like how do they sell starter packs and stuff? That's what I don't understand. You, so the main thing they sell is uh, the books, like the manuals. As right. I said, like a proper dungeon master's manual is actually that thick, mm. and it costs you like thirty something dollars. Right. Um, so what, what's contained within that though? Is it stories or like? What? So the dungeon master's manual will tell you how to play the game and how mm. to like create your own stories. Mm. The player's handbook will tell you how to create your own characters and certain uh, rules that you can use that you might not otherwise know about. Okay. And then you can buy adventure books that just give you like tons and tons of different encounters and ideas for an adventure. Okay. And you can modify it or just play it as is. I'm assuming the people that, that write full-length stories and yes, like do all the work for you. And yeah. there's there's like they've got famous authors, like famous high fantasy authors that do the work. All right. Them. Okay. Cool. Hmm. Anyone we would know or, uh, uh Patrick Rothfuss. Dude, I don't know. <laughs> no, the I think name he's the most. About. I think he's the most famous. Otherwise, there's probably names in here. Um. Uh, no. It's not like George R. R. Martin or no, uh, J.K. Uh, Rowling. Not written quite there. on that caliber, <laughs> but yeah, no. You never know. One day, yeah, they'll get George. If he doesn't die, they'll get him to write a D and D campaign. What is the deal with everyone thinking he's gonna die? Like, he's I get it. Old. He's he's not that old though. Like, what is he? Like, is he 50, 60s? 60? He's 60s? 60s, I think. Yeah, it's just that he's unhealthy. I suppose. Hmm. It's a concern. Everyone's panicking that he's just going to drop dead any day now and just not finish his books. Sorry, I zoned out. Who are we talking about? <laughs> George R. R. Martin. He's the author of the Game of Thrones books. The Song of Fire. Oh, oh, yeah. Right. Everyone's just freaking out. But how cool would that be to have a D&D campaign that's effectively, like, it's in the Game of Thrones universe? Yeah. But there's nothing to stop people, like, just writing that. Like, that's, what, that's the beauty of it. Yeah. Uh, that's awesome. It's really cool. Hmm. Alrighty. I think if I was dungeon mastering, I'd I'd do um, Greek mythology. Oh yeah, that'd be pretty cool. And and you could you could base it off like the actual myths. Like yeah. Nemean line, infinite armor stat. Go on. Um, <laughs> Greek mythology nerd. <laughs> it's a legit nerd. point. Dungeon masters yeah. just create their own campaigns. Like you can just ignore the adventures and be like, I'm going to create my own world and everything. Would it be good if you had one that's like historically accurate? And you just sucked all your players into thinking that they knew what was going to come. It's Vesuvius. just like, oh, 79 AD. Oh, we're approaching August. Vesuvius is going to erupt pretty soon. Whoa, hold on. Alien invasion. <laughs> <laughs> we're not going to let you be DM of our next campaign. <laughs> I'd throw it out of whack. Oh, my God. Alrighty, Kieran. I reckon time to move on. What kind of topic have you brought for us today? Uh, the broadest topic you could possibly imagine, which is strategy gaming. 
Um, I am I am something of a of a strategy enthusiast. I um, just invited the two biggest nerds into this podcast, and that yeah, look, I'm pulling you, you did. You did. <laughs> um, no, but I'm I'm a I'm a big fan of of strategy gaming, um, specializing in the Total War series, uh, and um, yeah. So what I one of the main things I wanted to talk about was balancing in strategy games. Right. Um, which, for those of you who aren't familiar with the term balancing, is just in games trying to ensure that no single aspect or element of a game becomes too dominant or overpowered. Mm. Good definition? Yeah, I think so. Okay. That makes sense. Um, and it's it's especially relevant... Like, it's relevant in, in all, all games, I think. Sure. Um, balancing... Pretty much like, you know, if you were playing a first-person shooter, you wouldn't want a gun, which is just like... Insta-gib, yeah. sort of. Yeah, this happens all the time. There is always bad balancing in games. Mm. Yeah. Especially There's... if you rush development. Yeah, um, yeah. Yeah, you, you end up, uh, especially like aspects of games which aren't thought through well, mm. and they just they just end up being um, being completely, you know, out of whack with everything else. Yeah. Um, and uh yeah but i think in in strategy games it's really important because one thing you want to try and avoid as much as possible in strategy games i think in order to keep them varied and interesting and able to use people with various strategies is you want to try and avoid a meta game um and a meta game is just where um one certain sort of type of playing becomes very popular yeah yeah um and so it either becomes play that or counter it yeah. So that's the two strategies of the game. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, you know, and it, it happens, and I think uh, I think it's getting better, though, um, overall in the strategy game genre, because, you know, in the last, since the rise of download, you know, game platforms like Steam and stuff, patching mm. has had a massive impact. <laughs> just, just physically assaulted your microphone. I did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, and like I'm trying to think of examples. I, I don't have as much of an RTS background as you do. I don't um, really have that much of an RTS background. It's just it's just strictly Rome and Total War, is it? It pretty much is. Okay, oh. yeah. And Total War Rome too. And, I'm not, and I've not really played anything. I have played a bit of um, uh, a bit of Warcraft. I think I think that's what it's called. Um, because I had some friends that were into that. Um, and I've also played, obviously, Age of Empires 3, I know Mitch and I have spoken about before, um, which was, like, one of my sort of first sort of PC games. Classic. Age of Mythology Classic. is where yeah. the shit was at. Yeah, Age of Mythology. Oh, yeah, sorry, all, that all whole Age of Empires series. games. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, fantastic. I remember very specifically Age of Empires 3. I, I don't know why, but... It's, I, think, I, think, guess, I think this might have been the first one I owned, because that was the only time I had a PC that could run something. I think the other ones I might have only played at friends', Dude, seriously? friends houses. You never got the original Age of Empires out of a Cornflakes box? No, you didn't. I, did. I got no. it out of Nutrigrain, but yeah, oh. there was there was this. Don't you remember that? <laughs> you remember which cereal box you got out of? Yeah, yeah. I was. No, I don't remember this. In fact, no, I was what at was this. I was at a friend's, uh, a family friend's house up in Whoop Whoop somewhere. I think it was Myrtleford, uh, and we went there, and they had a box of cornflakes. They just bought a box of cornflakes, and they opened it up, and they already had a copy, and they gave it to us, and my life was changed forever. Since when? Like, I was no, okay. when did they stop putting so, video games inside cereal boxes? What is going on? This is, was in 2002, yeah, and it was, was the best like Sorry. promo thing you could get in a cereal box. Mm. And people talk about those like little toys that you can get. Nah. You can get an entire game. And I remember my brother telling me a story about one of his friends who bought the game a couple of weeks beforehand for retail price, like $90 back in the day. Yeah. And then a couple of weeks later, it was in cereal boxes, and you could buy a cereal box for like what? 8 bucks. How did... So, was it Kellogg's that did it? Yes, like, it, was. Right. it wasn't in like every did, box. But. How did Kellogg's pay them enough money where it's just like... Ugh, man, that's crazy good. I know, and how good is that buying cereal? Which you're going to buy anyway and you're going to enjoy. Yeah. And you get a free game that yeah. is one of the best games man. of all time. Hmm. It's too good to be true. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, speaking about balancing though, I can't remember having any particularly bad kind of experiences with the Age of Empires 3 in terms of the balancing. I don't think any group... I could be wrong. I had no idea what I was doing. But right. um, I remember there was one cheat code that would... Uh, <laughs> I, think yeah. it was, I remember the cheat code. I think it was just simply like Big Daddy. Yeah. The, and it the spawned the, the, mon- the monster yeah. truck. That, that was in... That was in, <laughs> um, that, that was in the original so as good. well. Was so it good? It was oh, in okay. the original. Yeah. yeah, I think it was one of the classic cheat codes for Age of Empires, yeah. Mm. And you just like if you know hit a rough patch, oh, I'm down some settlers. 
I'll just spawn a monster truck. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, with like with like the the bazooka on top. That was in the original. In the original, it was like it was it was like a black Mercedes, and there was like like a bazooka on top, and it would just like shoot at stuff. And, <laughs> oh my and, gosh! And just like obliterate everything. Yeah. There's always like I'm, then I'm enemy priests like, converted my big my big daddy. Stop beating up the microphone. <laughs> he's very. He's very. He talks with his hands. He does. Yeah, that's cool. Is, that's fine. You can talk with your hands. Just don't you know go touchy feely the microphone. It's a very nice microphone. Yeah, so what you just brought up is actually a balance uh, issue because priests yeah, were yep. not remotely fair. No, no priests in, in Age of Empires could convert you units. No. Okay, they could convert I was a, clearly an Age of Empires noob. amateur noob, yeah. I was five and I knew they were OP, Ewan. Well, I would just okay. get the dots I'm going to explain the system to you. Epic ship yeah. battles. So you got them like mid-game, mm. the mid-game thing, and they can heal units, which you never, use them, you never use them for. Because you didn't ever need to heal your units. Yeah, you burn through units. Yeah. But their broken powers, they could convert enemies. So if an army... If you have 10 priests and an army of 20 comes at you, you convert half the army and they're now facing half of their own army and your priests are, like, unhindered. <laughs> and then there's a cooldown of, like, a minute and then you can convert the rest. How was the priest able to operate so quickly? They balancing. See, this yeah, is a yeah, legit. Yeah. It, it oh was a balancing gosh. issue. It's the, it's How does that become an issue, though? Surely in the dev cycle somewhere, it's like, hey guys, no, but, we've but, got this guy that just converts enemies into allies. But I mean, if what's if, up with that? If nobody in, if nobody who was you know like beta testing the game really caught on to it, it wouldn't have seemed like a massive issue. Mm. But then it's. You know, and I mean, especially if you were developing the game and it was all good, and then it's like, okay, priests are underpowered. What should we do to help them, to help balance them? Mm. Oh, we'll give them a converting ability. Yeah, I reckon it would have gone down like that right before the game went out. Yeah, yeah. The worst, the worst development mistakes are ones that are made. Oh crap! We're releasing it in a week. Let's quickly do this. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, like in any game, that's, that's when the issues happen. And yeah, I think that was that that was where where priests um, had their problem. And I mean, so you know, like if you you just and it was a brilliant counter to Big Daddies. My, you, could, my, you could convert I, the monster trucks. You could yeah, convert yeah. the. Oh my yeah. god! I um I was once <laughs> playing and I I spawned like five Big Daddies and they just all came and and came back to haunt me. That's brilliant. That's karma at its finest. It's yeah. great. <laughs> yeah. No, sorry. Age of Mythology had the best cheat code. Wavwu, and it spawned a giant hippo from uh, a flying purple hippo which shot love hearts at your enemies. <laughs> it was were they part of Greek mythology, right? Like you remember yeah, Greek yeah. mythology, the hippo that shoots love hearts? Yeah. Uh, d- no. <laughs> <That's a thing. laughs> giant purple hippo. Yeah. Who comes up with this stuff? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> People who are much yeah. smarter than I. I don't. Yeah. It must be so hard, though. Like, I do sort of feel for developers in that regard. Like, just, just moving all those sliders back and forward, trying to find, like, that happy medium. Yeah, where, and it's where, never perfect. No, 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 no. Games like Call of Duty, for instance, there's always, like, one gun that everybody that uses. Everyone uses. Like, all the MLG players use it, all that sort of stuff. And it, it yeah. must be so hard. Like, you've got... You want to have, like, hundreds of different customization options there. But then there's always going to be one that's just mm. the go-to one. And... Mm. But that bringing what Kieran says up, um, bringing back to what Kieran said, that's where patching becomes useful. Yeah. Because the community on their own will figure out this is the most powerful gun. Yeah. And then you can just be like, yeah, we'll move the bars now. Like, we'll change that little, like, damage mm. that it does. And that's how you fix things. Mm. But it... It's still... You're still... It's it's such a back and forth. Yeah. Like, um, yeah. I mean... And this is something I was really impressed with. One of the, like, when I, in 2011, I think I got on to Rome Total War, which was a game released in 2004. Mm. Um, Is it that old? It's that old. Wow. Um, yeah. And people still played it religiously. Yeah, mm. yeah. It's it's an like and strategy games age so well because graphics aren't an essential mm. component to them. They're very mm. gameplay focused. It's just all the mechanics, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And um, anyway, and Rome Two, it had a when I started playing it, it had a small but quite enthusiastic online scene. Mm. Um, and you know, it had you know it had a few YouTubers who'd make who'd make online commentary battles and stuff like that. And um, because it was released before sort of the patching uh, era, the community itself came up with a balancing set of rules hmm. called CWB, Clan War Battles. 
Mm. Um, and they were created by clans when they were doing battles. And it was just basically things like, you know, basic fixes that the community would put in place. Like you can't have more than six of the same unit card to ensure that you right. couldn't get that really cost-effective unit and spam your whole, your sure. whole army. And so then admins would just like carefully monitor this and everyone would own overstep some mark. Well, yeah, the, like... the, the hosts of, of online battles would do it and hosts could kick players. Sure, okay. Cool. Um, and, you know, it was like... But then it was upsetting that it made some factions pretty worthless because a CWB rule was no elephants because elephants were ridiculously overpowered. Without elephants, the faction of Carthage was totally useless. And that's, that's an issue with balancing. Yeah. If, if you nerf something... You, you don't want to nerf it to the point that it's irrelevant. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. And, like, Carthage was a major historical player against Rome in the early days. Like, the Punic Wars were a big thing, involving more soldiers than wars today often do. Like, there were a million soldiers in the first Punic War, and it cost Rome a history rant. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah, it's just... I, I'm trying to think of more, more sort of examples. I think it is nice when the community can sort of take things into their own own hands. Um, like I, I play a lot of I love the battlefield games, mm-hmm. and I, I often like sort of going to the servers with, with the modified rule sets. Like anyone that uses you know an explosive is is gone, and or vehicles are all out, and it's like just infantry mm-hmm. focus, and it it almost makes it feel like a different game when you yeah. when you change rules kind of drastically like yeah. that. Um, but at the same time, I feel like any game that needs major sort of patchwork and and balancing, I'll be somewhat sort of forgivable with. But there are so many games coming out, specifically last year as well, 2014. So many games just came out just horribly broken. And I wonder if it is sort of like, as you said, sort of last-minute decisions here and mm. there. What, what sort of games are you, are you thinking? Um, well, I mean, like AC Unity had some issues, nothing too major there. Like Drive Club, for instance, which was a, a PlayStation-exclusive racing game, was just, just didn't work for ages. Um, like watchdogs came out and there were like complaints about the graphics and and i i had frame rate issues for like a month after watchdog came out um this this is this is the issue that they've like you're basically describing the green light issue yeah and i think it's because patching is available to people Mm, they feel safe just we're just going to release this game which i think is bad development because if we're just going to release a game and say we'll let the community find the bugs and then we'll patch it you're giving people an incomplete game. They're, yeah, pa- and they're paying for yeah. it. it. It's gonna it's gonna hurt future sales. Like like the the latest Total War game, Rome Two, had a shocking release because it was pushed up from November th- two thousand and thirteen to September two thousand and thirteen. It was going to be late November. See, it that's came out just September poor planning. Because it's like, who the hell <clears throat> tries to release a game like that in November? Yeah. Are you kidding yeah. me? No, it was it was it was poor planning, but also it would have just done better mm. um, if they had have released it. In November, at the at the end of the day, yeah. Because, I mean, I suppose they've got enough of a niche audience that like November is notorious for just the amount of games that come out there. Yeah, like Call yeah. of Duty has very much got November booked, and Assassin's Creed and stuff like that, and Halo came out this year as well. Elder Scrolls like, always was a November release. Yeah, so like they're, like, they're, they're going February for the next game, mm. but their next game, the the like the pre-orders, everything is suffering because of the the launch of Rome. It's a great yeah. game. Yeah, like a year on. They release the they they, they lose sort of was, uh, respect and not so much respect but trust in their audience. Yes, I should yeah. say, yeah. This this wasn't the developers though. This so, this this was the the publishers. More of the publishers, right? Okay, yeah. Like it's, the, it's just it, it is just a shame because I, I think patching, as you said, does have its benefits, especially for stuff like balancing, for instance. Yeah, but you I, can't fall back on. But it at the same time, yeah. it shouldn't be something you're relying on. Exactly. No. And I, I don't know because you're more of a PC player, so you might experience this less. Um, but um. Like, day one patches are getting really freaking annoying. Yeah. Like, a 10 or sometimes 20 gigabyte patch is like, what the hell? So, you gotta, you buy your game and you wait several hours to play it. Yeah. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's pretty frustrating. Mm. But, you know... A day, a day one patch just shouldn't be a thing. No. Well, what about, <laughs> what about day one DLC? What's... Well, okay, what's, that? what's day one DLC really? What, is there, is this happened? Yeah. Has there been day one DLC? That's just a money grab. Like what? Put it into the game. That's like something... Yeah, we forgot to add this. So... No, no. It's not a patch. We want to make more money out of this is what that's saying. Look, Total War... Are they free DLC or is it... If you (laughs) pre-order... Oh my god. That's exactly... (laughs) Yeah. I'm I'm not a fan of of day one DLC, but at the same time, they are trying to monetize. Mm. Um, And and people buy it. Um, And I'm like... I'm I'm all I'm all for DLC if it helps you know if the developers can 
you know, help make more money to make better games in the future. Mm. Like, if, if it's a good studio and, um, or a good, yeah, good developers, mm. and you feel like, you know, they're, they're not just money grabbing you. Sure. Like, I mean, Sims 4 is, I, I've never played any Sims, really. Mm-hmm. Never really held that much appeal. But Sims 4, I've, I've heard, was released on launch with less features than Sims 3 because the DLC for Sims 3 brought in so much money. Yeah, that, that's the thing. If you're spending, like, uh, for a long time in Australia, it was like 80 or $100 for a new release game. It's getting mm-hmm. closer to what's 60 now, as it as it should have a long time ago. Yes. Yeah. Um, but if you're spending, let's say, yeah, $60, $70 for a game on launch day, you expect that game to work. Yeah, you, and so you, you expect, expect to be, to be a complete game, yeah. Like, you don't... I, I think, personally, I'd be sort of cheesed off if there's, like, a, a day one DLC. It's almost like admitting that it's not all there. Yeah, but... Mm-hmm. So, if the game is is playable and it's not something you need to function online, if it's just... Mm. Then I'm not so bad with it. Like, like if if it's not pay to win, yeah. then then okay. I think it, what it about- leaves it open to the hardcore players who want it without, without the, the, you know, casual... Casual people wanting, you know, needing to dish out the fifteen bucks. What, sure. what about taking it away from game balance then? And because it sounds like what you're talking about is just like skins content, like stuff to make your character look different. Well, look, uh, that's so superficial that I don't even care. Like, uh, yeah, if, that's, I if that's a pre-order bonus, like whatever. Yeah, because but, but I like that because yeah, sure, the people who want to give money to the devs, like Kieran said, mm-hmm. can, mm-hmm. but you, it doesn't give you any advantage in game. Yeah, okay, because yeah. Like my, you know, Total War is my main gaming series. I've I've pumped six hundred hours into Rome too. Yeah. Um, since that's, January. That's incredible. Um, <laughs> solid, I've, I haven't been playing much else. Yeah. Um, other than Rebirth. Mm. Anyway, and um, uh, like they their day day one DLC was a culture pack. Right. Which it was the Greek city states culture pack. Okay. Um. Sure. <laughs> look, yeah. look, it it was. And, and they're doing it with, with Attila, the next game. They've yeah. got the Viking Forefathers mm. culture pack is a day one DLC. And it's not something that you need to win, but it just gives you more ways to play the game. Right. But yeah. it's already Fair such enough. an expansive game. I, I, I like, suppose, yeah. Fair enough. So I'm, I'm okay with like some day one DLC, but day one DLC... Which you need for the game to be. Yeah, that should happen. I'm very yeah. much someone that believes in like you pay for what you play. That, that works, mm. um, and it rhymes as well. It does. Four bonus points. Like uh, for for instance, like the Battlefield games, I I sort of average maybe like sixty hours, which is you know I don't really kind of get too much of the expansion packs. I don't feel like I I spend sixty dollars in the game. I don't feel like I need to put down another sixty dollars for the premium and get all the expansion passes. I don't th- I don't think I need that. Um, but for something like DayZ, for instance, that's just like incredible value for money. I've put probably between like the mod and then the, the final or the, the standalone, it's not final cause it's still early access, which is a whole different ballpark. Yeah. Um, uh, I've, I've probably put about 250, 300 hours into that wow. game. Hmm. Um, and that's $30 and, and for $30, yeah. I've put $30 down it. That's like incredible value for money. Hmm. Like I, you, you can spend $30 to go and see a movie. You know, every now and then, and that's what two, three hours at most. Mm. So it's just incredible value for money. But you want to talk about value for money? So I would, I would give, I would give like the DayZ team, obviously, a lot more if they were to release expansion packs, like an alternate map or whatever. I'd you be, would be I'd be down money. for that. But yeah, they've they've got to get to that point. Mm. Naughty Dog is another example. I I just love their work so I much. I just Naughty find Dog. anywhere I could possibly give them money. Well, I mean, like value for money, and this is the same for me. Um, and and uh, if if I come back on, this will be my topic. Binding of Isaac Rebirth. Mm, yeah. Um, fifteen dollars. I had the original, so I got five dollars off because the original cost five dollars. Um, and I've gotten ninety hours out of it so far, and I'm maybe halfway to one hundred percenting it. For that's incredible for a five dollar really game. Like, that's yeah. just, no, that's that's fifteen. Fifteen. Sorry, fifteen yeah. dollar game. Mm. All the same. And you know that Oops. like. That's that's pretty incredible. I yeah, think. and they they they've got expansions lined up with even more content. Mm. Yeah, that's really good. And, and they're with with Daisy obviously being an exception. They're games that add Battlefield for that matter. They're games that work. Yeah, like um, like Battlefield Four. Like Bridge I was didn't. my my confidence in the Battlefield games was severely impacted by that game because it just it just, just didn't work. Mm. There were so many bugs and glitches, and it it was just everywhere. It was a mess. Um. Well. Well. That's like, if I wasn't such a Total War enthusiast, mm. 
I, I got Rome 2 in January um, last year, January 14, when it was yeah. released in September 13. Yeah. Um, and if I wasn't such an enthusiast, and I just love the game. It's a great game now that the patching cycle's almost finished. Mm. Um, but I bought it in January. I couldn't get through the prologue. I, oh, with I, just, just with glitches? or um, I think I... Well, yeah, like there was a... A crash when I researched a certain technology which was like way outside the time zone which I was supposed to be doing and I got these units and I think it was that and every time I tried to siege the final city in the prologue the game would crash mm. um, yeah that was I that was genuine after four months yeah that's that shouldn't be happening like yeah I, I mean I think it was the prologue was probably it really should have been the first thing they should have patched for new players <laughs> but it ended up I think sort of being one of the last because they've got that niche audience Mm. Yeah, I just it just upsets me. And mm. I, like, sometimes I think back to um, uh, you mentioned Elder Scrolls before. I think back to uh, Skyrim and oh. how many issues that game had, like that game that, breaking issues and balance issues as like, well. Yeah, so, game breaking and balance issues with yeah. that game. But like there were whole quest lines yeah. that would just get stuck. Like literally, I remember the uh, the companions quest line. You would you know not do something in the right order, and, and then you. suddenly you wouldn't have the witch's head you need, and then you mm-hmm. you're screwed. And people were so forgiving, I guess, maybe because there was just so much more else to do in the game and people were still playing hundreds of hours regardless. And because there's so much content in that game that it is difficult to control for little elements like that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, yeah, people are somewhat forgiving. I think, yeah, I think there should be some room for error. Has it been patched to a good balance? Oh, absolutely. Like within within a matter of weeks or months, a lot of those major issues were fixed. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and still, like, still kind of, like, a couple of months later, people were still finding issues with it. But again, like, such a big game. It's understandable. Was, was it, but... So it, it was just a, a scope, like, they almost bit off more than they can chew rather than rushing. Yeah, and they were, they were trying to, like, put it on to, uh, like, PS3 and Xbox 360 hardware, which is a pretty hard task, I'd have thought. Yeah, it's a big call. Yeah. Was, um, when was that game released? That was... I remember because it was November 2011. Because 2011. I got out of, my, yeah. like, my last exam. It's been that long. Mm. Yeah. Wow. Been a while. So and it's got expansions yeah. since. Yeah. But it was yeah. November 2011 because I got out of my last exam and I was like, I can play Skyrim now. This is great. Mm. Do you still play some Skyrim every Skyrim every now and then, Yorn? No. It's been a long time since I played it. I never actually got through the main quest line. I did nah. I did other quest lines. I, you just get distracted. Exactly. Yeah. Um, well, that's, that's like... I reckon that, that's a good sign. If you're getting so much content that you can... Did you feel you got your money's worth out of the game? Oh, of course. Yeah. You, you felt you got your money's worth out of the game and didn't complete it. Yeah. That's yeah. I got it, I got it for free. I downloaded it illegally, so I definitely got my money's worth. <laughs> I just got home and my Terrible. brother was like, I'd, I torrented it. Like, I'd like to reference this episode of the Pause Podcast to Victoria Police. <laughs> oh, I'm, they're, they're not going to bother. That's like the tip of the like, iceberg. It's not worth it. watching it to forty minutes just to get this guy. <laughs> no. I'll give them the timestamp. <laughs> um. Yeah, but like, as long as you're getting, as long as you're getting your money's worth, I feel like it's fine, regardless if the balance is off or whatever. Like, mm. it all comes back to that: are you getting your money's worth? And just are you enjoying the game? Because I think some people mm. are so, like, like a lot of the people I reckon who write reviews and stuff are so nitpicky, mm. especially if they were fans of, like, I mean, the the people who still criticize Rome Two, they do it through nostalgia goals of Rome One, where they say oh, Rome One was better when it wasn't. Mm. Um, and they do it through just the fact that they'll find something, and but it's like because they want to find something. Yeah, it's it, it's a great game, and they're like, oh, the agent plays overpowered. One out of ten would not recommend. It sounds like a user review, though. <laughs> well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, like those yeah. those reviews. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, yeah. People people go to extremes, and you have uh, AC Unity is an example where, like only a very small people of uh, like PC players that had uh, a specific driver installed or whatever mm. had issues with faceless players yeah um, but of course like with the internet you just upload these pictures and then suddenly oh AC Unity's totally broken characters don't have faces but you, reality, hear, the, you hear the worst of it on yeah you do yeah. you do hear the worst of it People are so quick to hate and very slow to praise. Mm. I think just just the the gaming community is is so oh. negative. Yeah, yeah. It, it, it is weird. It 
Um, I can I wrap up this like this with like a positive spin on it. Of course, go for it. Like I'll link it all back into the RTS thing because mm. there is a game that I think is extremely enjoyable. I've gotten hours and hours of gameplay out of it. What's and it I think called? It's, Dungeons and Dragons? No, <laughs> this is an RTS game, and I think it's in really really well balanced. Chess, Warcraft three with Frozen Throne. Yeah, you, that, you that's what I was playing. Yeah, 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 it is very well. Blizzard uncannily have this. Strange ability just have things balanced. Mm. Same with like StarCraft. They're very good at balancing StarCraft because it's Korea's national sport. Um, <laughs> but Warcraft, Warcraft 3, Frozen Throne, is a very balanced, very well thought out and really enjoyable game. Mm. And it's a good RTS. Yeah. I just struggled severely with the cro- controls. But the, it is, it's, just... it's not very noob friendly is the one criticism I give it. Oh, I yeah. hate not noob friendly games. Mm. Like, <laughs> like that, is there a noob tube in it? No. Why it, no. no, no, the noob tube serves. It's the blue shell in Mario Kart. It's the noob tube in Kart. It serves a very valuable purpose. <laughs> it does. As to not alienate the new player. Mm. But fair point. Like I don't know if, if the noob tube in in sorry in Call of Duty is what you're referencing. I don't know if that's not to alienate the new player. Yeah, the that's issue is it, it, it can be good if there's something to not alienate them, but if it then yeah. gets abused by yeah really exactly. good players, then it's an issue. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. But I mean, if it if it's something, it needs to be something which like. A new player can use to give themselves a fighting chance against a, a like 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 a, a moderate player, but a really good player knows mm. knows how to counter it. Yeah. Mm. Like you can jump over blue shells in Mario Kart, I think. What? No, you can't. No, come off it. No, no. Apparently, Get there, out there, of there, town. There's, there's a way. If you're really good, there's some sort of way to avoid the blue shell. There is in the, Mario. Have you played Mario Kart Eight? No. There's an item in Mario Kart 8 that allows you, like, when you use it, it destroys all items around you. So that can stop it. Uh-huh. Like, you have to have the item. Maybe, I'm not may- sure you can jump and. Ma- 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 maybe. No, That's game changing. I'm, 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 pretty, I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure there was there was some. I was watching something on YouTube and it, it, was, about, it was about the noob tube. I think it was like the, that was. The like concept. The, of yeah, it. The, the concept of the noob tube. And it talked a lot about the blue shell. And it said that there was, I don't know, there was some version of Mario Kart where in, like, tournament sort of level play, all those players had, there, there was some technique that you could use to just avoid a blue shell. You're just, just making crap up. This thing, this, <laughs> we're talking about the blue shell that destroys friendships. Yeah. You're telling me there is a way to prevent friendships that from being destroyed. destroys yeah. friendships. It does. It, it really does. If I'm coming first in Mario Kart and my mate is coming sick and uses a blue shell, I'm not going to talk to him for the next few days. <laughs> What's the worst is when you're right on the line. On the line. And, it and you get hit by like five shells in a row. Yeah. So bad. I hate that game. Yeah, what stresses me out even more is when you're in second place and the person first gets blue shelled, but the explosion is just you. big enough that it hits you as well. They talked about that. In oh video. my God. Are you kidding me? <laughs> but that... That's sort of that. That's also that's also part of it. Like you know, if you're really good, you can avoid that. You can see that blue shell coming. No, no, sorry. It was it was the technique I'm thinking of. It wasn't jumping. It was falling back to second place yeah. as soon as you hear the blue shell or or whatever. There's some tell for the blue shell, and as soon as they did that, they just break. Okay, that works. And that works. I think that was the that was the tournament level. Because automatically switch the ones in first. Yeah, yeah. And I think it also kept the field really close as well. Like the fact that everyone, every time there was a blue shell, I don't know, but or you could just get so far in front that the blue shell doesn't even matter. That's, that's my true. tactic. <laughs> See us CTR. I'm going to assume you're a CTR player. Cause yes. Dog. Yeah. I wasn't a Mario Kart player. No, no, no. I was I. a CTR player. Yeah. The giant, the orb arguably of the death, better game. The giant orb of glowing death, which was the blue shell. Yeah. It's that thing so was more annoying because it like then it hit you and you just like keep like falling effectively yeah for a matter of I'm, seconds I'm gonna have exploding. to dig CTR out we have then. to play CTR after this man what's CTR? Let's crash Team it. Racing it's right. Mario Kart but yeah. for the Crash universe mm, okay. god that game's good yeah we can play it on our PS1 if you want yeah okay we're doing it sorry anyway <laughs> it's probably a good point what's your topic we need to oh yes to your we topic. need to we're, we're at the 40 minute mark we should yeah definitely move along um, my topic is it's been a while since we've done a podcast because we had these things called exams and there was also this thing called Christmas, you might have heard of it, yeah. and New Year. And it was just super busy. And everyone had stuff on. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was curious as to what sort of... On the podcast here, we discussed like movies and TV shows and games and music and whatever. And I was wondering what sort of role, if any, movies and TV shows, and probably especially music, sort of has in both you studying for exams and then 
partying and celebrating? And how is it different? So, for example, I listen to, like, a lot of music when I'm studying. But then I'm very particular about what music yeah, I listen to. Yeah, I was going to say what type. Yeah, mm. so I, I listen to video game video game soundtracks. That's, or, that's So I listen to a lot of instrumental stuff. Yeah. Um, or I listen to stuff with lyrics I don't know or something. Because if, if, if it's lyrics I know, then I, I just singing. focus on the song too much. Yeah. And I start singing or whatever, mm. sing along with it or drumming a beat, and I just get distracted. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, no. I, I didn't listen to much music while I was studying, but I um I had my musical theater pump-up songs yeah i would i would listen to i can't remember what the first one was but walking to school to an exam i'd listen to stars twice because i love it then i'd walk into school listening to this is the moment and rip out the headphones when anthony warlow finishes belting out that final note um ah oh, that final note oh yeah oh, you, you know it mm. actually i, I do know exactly yeah. <laughs> yeah, of um so i i don't listen to music while studying I've always found it distracting, but my dad started working from home this year and he listens to classical music whilst working. All right. Like, you know how there's studies saying if you listen to certain classes, like Beethoven, Bach, those sort of things. Mozart makes kids smarter. Yeah. Yeah. So he started listening to that and as a result, I started doing it. So never before in my life have I listened to music while studying. Mm. And this year I was like, I'll give classical a shot. And you have it on the background and it's really nice. Yeah. I think it works... Yeah. Quite well. I'd like I'd sort of like all right, I really got I really got to get a move on. I need something that's kind of like I need sort like a solid beat and it's like something so like like Lord of the Rings sort of like epic music oh. like that. It's just just awesome. It just really gets you gets your blood pumping. Yeah. I, I think it helps. But I, I fall into like quite a routine when I was sort of when I when I was sort of beginning my studying. I'd like get home and I'd eat and watch an episode of Legend of Korra. And that was like my TV show for the day. And then I'd kind of get into my studying and I had my music and I just, I just use like Spotify playlists. Yeah. So I'd just like find one that's like an appropriate mood and then just go through that. Well, routine is how you're apparently meant to do it for mm. studying. Like they've said that if you're, if you regularly chew gum while studying, mm-hmm. you want to chew gum in an exam. <laughs> I've got such a funny story about that. Go on. So I've got this, this, this bad habit, right? Where I'm... Um, I chew my clothes when I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So if, if you I've ever notice that, yeah. yeah. If you ever look at me in an exam room, I'll have like just just mouthfuls of collar just, and yeah. <laughs> my collar. If I'm wearing a tie, my tie is just oh, stuck in, in my mouth. mouth, and it comes out just saturated. Mm. But like, imagine at the end of a three-hour exam, having chewed your tie constantly for three hours. Mm. It's pretty gross. Mm. Um, so anyhow, this was a thing. I'm like. And, and it was happening when I was studying. I'm like, I'm studying for hours on end. I can't be chewing my clothes. <laughs> so I got gum instead, right? Right. And um, five gum is my, my favorite. I always go like the blue one, whatever color flavor that is. Um, and I'm just going through pack and pack and pack of this. And I generally do like two sticks at a time. Just there was like enough in my mouth to satisfy. Oh my God. To get to the dogging. tie consistency. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, and I was going to the toilet lots and like when i say go to like you know spending time in the toilet and i'm like what is going on like is this just my body trying to procrastinate just just you gotta go and sit on that toilet you and mm. and i flipped over the pack of five gum and oh. it says excessive consumption may have a laxative effect <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh no so wow. i was studying whilst consuming large amounts of laxatives it's better than it's it's, it's it's better than starting with um consuming excessive amounts of chocolate. You know why? Well, at least I wasn't getting fat. No, no, <laughs> no. It's worse. Oh, really? Chocolate releases endorphins. If you eat enough of it, sexual arousal, oh, and, really? and you get super horny. There you go with chocolate. I know. Um, <laughs> what? I'm, I'm, I'm yep. kidding. Whose idea was this, Mitch? <laughs> oh, <Lord. laughs> Um, but yeah, so that was like interesting. It, my gut was thrown out of whack for weeks. That's really bad. Yeah, I think I'm finally back to normal. That's good. No. I'm glad. So the moral of the story is no, no don't, gum. Don't, I'll take gum is fine, but not excessively. All right. Okay. Right. Okay, so this is why I just didn't study. So I'm back to chewing oh. holes in my collars. <laughs> okay, so you didn't study. This is like this links in with this topic. Is it because you were watching like movies and stuff to procrastinate? Look, I arrived to my drama exam... During like when they were reading instructions, I mean I planned it perfectly, but I mean I had to you know I I wanted I wanted to to 
you know, finished watching that Let's Play of that Binding of Isaac Rebirth run, it was release week. Come I on. love how you were late for exams because you were watching a Let's Play. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, Let's just plays classic here. See, okay, so you guys are talking about high school exams. Uni exams yeah. are a different beast. Like, in high school exams, like, okay, you've got something to work towards, well, and mm. it matters. Mm. With uni exams, it's just, like, you need to pass. Yeah. So, it's so easy to justify, okay, like, I open out, I write, like, the first two lines, and I'm just like, ooh, this reminded me of some song I want to listen to, or some movie I want to watch, and yeah. you just stop. You I've never get any study. Exactly. I do not get any study done since leaving oh, high school. Man, it's going to be rough. <laughs> it's going to be, yeah. Good luck to both of you. Jeez. Mm. I just, I don't know, I, I, I was a bit burnt out. Maybe I didn't listen to enough music while, while studying. I don't know. It work, I know it works for some people and it works for others, but... Hmm. Sorry, it doesn't work for some people and, and it does work for others. I did it a lot in, like, year 10, I think. Mm. I listened to a lot of music while studying. And I listened, I listened to some soundtracks. I, li- I listened to some music with lyrics. Yeah. Well, I like, like most people, music for me sort of inspires a certain sort of feeling. Mm. And so, and and obviously, depending on the song, like is which feeling. So, like like you were saying, I would listen to certain songs on my walk to school. I'd I'd always walk to school like a boss. I'd wear my sunglasses and I'd just strut. And um, it's pretty cool. Walk school captain badge and broad. I'd, I'd wear these headphones. Uh, pretty bad representation. Um, but I'd like listen to like on top by Flume or um, some some Queen. Or like gorillas, just Queens like just clean. like beaty sort of badass stuff. Queen should have been my topic. Come on. <laughs> uh, that's that's like I think we need to dedicate like a whole podcast to Queen. Yes. There are certain there are certain like topics I have that just like we dedicate a whole podcast a whole to because it needs that it long. needs that long. So <laughs> I'm I'm currently picturing like slow mo shot you with like a bag over one shoulder. Yeah, they're like aviators on. We are the champions, like blaring, like walking that through was the it. school halls and like everyone just turning, like heads turning. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That was it. That was high school for you. You yeah. didn't do any study. It was just that. <laughs> Walking down corridors all day, listening to Queen, yeah. <laughs> looking like a badass. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Podcasts are like another thing I'd do. I'd like listen to a lot of podcasts, but it's kind of hard mm. to sort of pay attention. There. It is. So I would do, like if I was doing maths and I was just like, just grinding, if you like, through maths questions, <laughs> I'd just listen to, listen to podcasts because maths didn't need that much thought. Yeah. Or at least I thought it didn't need that much thought. Turns out it does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, same, same. Yeah. I think we got the exact same score on methods. Ha ha ha! Math isn't hard, but my study score suggests otherwise. Yeah. <laughs> I'm bored. So, what about parties and like Christmas? What sort of what sort of role does it play there? Kieran, go first because I'm embarrassed about mine. <laughs> Mitch, go first because I don't. Are there like mine. are there particular movies you always watch at Christmas? Okay, so good. You're saving or me from being embarrassing. Or, okay, I have a Christmas. Eve, Eve. So 23rd, mm-hmm. every 23rd, my friend Sarah and I have a baking day. Yeah. We will make like, we pick a new thing every year. So we've done like Snickers brownies. We've done, uh, we Sorry, did Snickers. Rocky, yeah. Brownie. Like, okay. Brownies are sneakers brownies. No, 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 no. Snickers brownies. And okay. we've done like this year we did Rocky Road. So we do a different thing each year. Like I'm going to do gingerbread next year. Yeah. And we always watch a Muppets Christmas Carol. Oh, okay. Like that is, it's baking day and watching, watching that. Right. And that's our little tradition. Sweet. That's cool. I know, um, Callum, Callum and his brothers always watch Love Actually. Oh, really? Callum and his brothers. Wow, they're always. like, they're all like stocky guys and they're watching this like chick flick. Yeah. It's <laughs> yeah. great. I watched Love Actually for the first time this Christmas. It was really good. Really good movie. I've seen bits of it. Yeah. Seems okay. As I, chick flicks go. I feel like, no, it's it's not a chick flick though. But one, but, I don't, I don't okay. think it is. is, is, it, is, it, is it sort of like, it's, it's a romantic comedy. Yes. It's a rom-com. It is a rom-com. Look, once every and two years, you romance get a brilliant Romance is rom-com. definitely the feature of the film. But there are so many, like, good actors and actresses in that film, yeah. and they do a good job. Like, Bill Nye plays, like, this kind of old, semi-retired rock star that's just, you know, on its last legs, desperate for whatever money he can grab. Yeah, yeah. And, he, and he's just, like, willing to do whatever, and whatever create whatever controversy that he wants to do it. And he's, he's, he's so funny. Liam Neeson's in that movie as he well. He is, yeah. Liam Neeson's really good. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. He's it's, it's just, yeah, him, him and his, like, um, stepson. Yeah. Uh, so his wife and his mother had died, and yeah, really good. Hmm. Yeah, I think I, I still think it's seeing, a, I think it's a bit overrated that film. Maybe because I had Fair it overhyped. Enough. Sure, people were like, "Love Actually is amazing." I watched it. I'm like, I don't get this. Mm. But then I did watch it again recently. I'm like, this is better than I remember it being. Yeah, my my yeah. theories about romantic comedies is just like there's so many bad ones made. But then I'd say about once every two years you get one which is just actually good. Like might not be for everybody, but it's it's like you know. 
it's funny or it's it's moving like every now and then you get a good rom-com and i don't mind i don't mind a good rom-com yeah i said it okay (laughs) sue me i like romantic comedies done okay it's all coming out okay which one's the best then (laughs) sorry i've watched like two in my life (laughs) Well, what, are the, the what are the two? Sean of the Dead okay. doesn't count. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> oh, yeah, Sean of the Dead. Um, <laughs> See? It doesn't even know. I, no, I, I like romantic comedies. Yeah. I've I, never seen one. <laughs> yeah, I like romantic comedies. I've never seen one. I don't I'll... think they're necessarily good. And this is a discussion I had with my friend the other day. There's a difference oh, yeah. between good films and fun and enjoyable films. Yeah, I think okay. rom-coms yeah. are fun and enjoyable. Mm-hmm. I okay. don't think they're necessarily good cinema. Yeah, like, they're not always going to win Oscars. That's fair. I'm with you on that, yeah. I feel like from time to time, though, but there was something like, is it really a romantic comedy? There's comedy and there's romance, but is it a romantic comedy? Like Juno, for example. Yeah. Like, excellent that's about film. A, a different issue. Yeah. And that's, that's a film that would deserve an Oscar. Mm. If I was the one that, I don't know if it did. Maybe, maybe I don't know. But um, if I was the one that decided to, I'd be like, yeah. Yeah. Juno deserves one. That was a very enjoyable film. Yeah. I agree with that. I yeah. don't know if it's a romantic comedy, but. It was enjoyable film. and it had good themes in it and it was. It was yeah, that's what mm-hmm. I mean. It was. It, I don't feel like I'd classify that as a rom com because it covers bigger. Yeah. Themes. Yeah. Well, like then, what about something like Silver Linings Playbook? Is that a romantic comedy? Because I also really love that movie. I haven't actually seen Look, it, but I know what it is. I reckon. I reckon you. It's coming. It might be like on the edge, but I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'd say it's a rom com. Yeah. Like it again, covers, no, it's something that covers general like m- other themes. It well. covers other themes, but at the end of the day, I feel like a rom com. If you're going to classify something as a rom com, I'd classify it as a sort of you know focused around a a or many romances mm. um and is intended to be uplifting 500 days of summer that's a good rom-com yeah okay that's an interesting one it's a very interesting movie yeah do i get slapped but, if but, i haven't seen it no i haven't seen it's, it. Um, it it's worth watching though it's got francis in it <laughs> <laughs> hey, yeah they actually do look quite similar i'm <laughs> um, very confused joseph uh, gordon levitt's Levitt's or Levitt? Isn't there like a... Oh, no, hold on. I get, I get him and that other woman Joseph confused. Gordon I mean, Levitt. him and that woman confused. Joseph... What's his name? God Look damn it. Look it up. Because yeah. it's, it's Zoe Deschanel. Yeah, I see that. And yeah. Joseph Gordon... I think I, like, I feel like it's Levitt's, not Levitt. Sorry, oh, I'm being pedantic here. You're, I thought I just got the whole name wrong, but you're just getting pedantic no, 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 about no, the pronunciation. Right. 500 Days of Summer. That's IMDb. Gordon IMDb, this stuff. Levitt. Oh, I think you're right. Joseph Gordon... See, is he related to that other Levitt woman that was in Ghost Whisperer? Yeah, Levitt. I, for no, some reason, I thought it was Levitt's. Never mind. There's, um, there's quite a few Levitt's. Why do I keep referring to him as a female? Like, from oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Born yeah, he Joseph like Francis, doesn't he? He does a bit. Does mm. a bit, yeah. Yeah. Not like identical, no. but cousin. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. They've got the same cheek dimples. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's it. <laughs> It's the cheeks in general. <laughs> you dimple critiques. You guys are like dimple experts here. Right? The, chin, the chin's quite different. Yeah. In fairness. Let's stop comparing okay. actors to people that they don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so the, the go-to Christmas movie for me is actually kind of like a TV sort of production thing. Uh, Robbie the Reindeer. Familiar to you guys at all? No? It's kind of unknown. I can't say I've heard of that. It's about the son of Rudolph. Who's lazy and just good for nothing, okay. and he goes to join the sleigh team, thinking that his <laughs> his uh, genetic navigation abilities will just guarantee him a spot. Genetic navigation abilities—that's <laughs> that, hilarious. GNA is the experts G- yes. call it. Yep. Yeah, that's Go the on. one. Um, and it, it, it's just excellent. Like it's, it's very British, and it, it's a production by the BBC, and I think it's like. The Ardman, so the people who do like Wallace and Gromit, it's that kind of model claymation sort of style. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just fantastic. It's just really fun. And very Christmassy, obviously, as well. Those guys can't do any wrong. No, no. I think it's like an offshoot of them. But yeah, yeah, they can't do anything wrong. But I, I just like having that sort of go-to Christmas thing. It is. It's yeah. nice. It's uh, a comfort. Yeah, it is. Yeah, yeah. Mm. And it is kind of quite nostalgic, mm. I suppose. Think, what, what what do I do? I don't know. We're, we, we're not a... We're not a very, um, not a very sentimental sort of family. Sure. Um, you don't really have any sort of traditions or anything? Uh, look, when we were little, we'd, we'd always used to, used to do the classical, we'd drive around for like two hours looking for houses Christmas with nice lights. Christmas lights. Yeah. We, we'd, yeah. We'd, we'd, do, we'd do that. But um, no one in my family has ever really been like a movie junkie. Sure. Mm. So, um, you know, and... Mm, 
Mum likes Michael Bublé. No, so you've got that album just, playing constantly. No, no, not not that Christmas album. album. <laughs> but no, she she'll find like something, or she'll always find something on TV. Ca- Carols, Carols by Candlelight Watch. I don't well, that's know. a good yeah. tradition, I think. Yeah. yeah, but we don't do it like like we always year, watch that. We just watch it and take the piss out of it. It's like, yeah, oh, it's this guy it's that the wheel have every year again. Yeah, like Anthony Clear. What does he honestly do the rest of the year? <laughs> He's been to like every Carl's by Gadlight, but that's it. He stars in terrible musicals. Oh, oh and terrible musicals. Oh, How terrible. Greece, terrible. Ooh. He's been in Greece. No, I right. think he's in Greece again now. But yeah. Like, but people know him. Like, does his name sell tickets? Or? Yeah, that's that's why he's in it. Yeah. Effectively. Oh, gosh. Does he does he act? Is that a thing? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> does, 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 um... It, it doesn't, like, usually acting or singing ability doesn't usually stop stop people from casting people in movies mm, you know who i'm thinking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. um russell crowe um <laughs> but it's about stay away from that getting a like it's getting the name sure yeah and that's sorry how did we get into this topic i don't um, know this yeah, that's why he gets i, I mean and that bring it back to carols that's why they'd get him for carols because everyone knows him and they love mm. him and he's if he's, if he's fun like how when mm. since when that everyone loves him i'm like not sure i agree with that no uh, oh well But uh, I'm trying to think of, Like another elf Is a movie I always like to Watch around Christmas time Good bit of Will Ferrell Yeah, yeah. I don't I don't enjoy All his movies But elf is That's another Zoe Will Ferrell is good For the soul yeah. So additional Or Zooey Des Channel As we call De- her okay. In my family Des Channel Who? <laughs> <laughs> Zoe Deschanel She's a uh, oh, Come on You know um, her You've got to know you her know Come her. on Kieran I um, told you What's I that new girl so Is that show girl. Is her show Oh That, that girl yeah. She's on your highness. Right, yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, there's a I picture know her. of her. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I just didn't know her name. Yeah. Is an Academy an Award nominated cinematographer? Really? Oh no, her father. I was oh, like, right. okay. Hmm. They, oh, oh, that's how she got the contacts then. Yeah. Mm. Not it's for all her. about contacts. Mm-hmm. Oh look, Elf is like. Yeah, there you go, speaking of yeah. known for Elf. Huh. Oh, yeah. Five hundred right days of Sansa. Yeah. So is Elf something that you watch every oh, Christmas? She was in Yes Man. No, not every Christmas, but maybe a lot. I've seen that movie a lot of times. Mm. And yeah, most often around Christmas time. Yeah. I'm trying to... There's, I, there's a bunch of good like Christmas-themed movies. When I was little, I used to love watching The Grinch. Yeah, yeah. We used to watch The Grinch. Jim Carrey one? Was Jim Carrey The Grinch? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 He makes he makes pretty good Grinch, mm. I think. Yeah. Mm. It's, it's, it's a role that he can do. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I could, I could do it better, but it's a role that he can do. <laughs> And with Kieran <laughs> offering his work as Grinch, which <laughs> he pretty much is, apparently, his yeah. unsentimental Christmases, with that we conclude episode seven. We go reindeer podcast. hunting on Christmas. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. No worries. Thanks how, for How do you us. feel like it went on your first podcast? I um, really enjoyed it. Yeah. I think it went pretty well. I'm happy with it. Yeah. Mm. Have me back again. Cool. You're welcome. Anytime. You too, Kieran. <laughs> I, know you're, I know you're a bit nervous. Tentative. Sort of like a you too. We'll discuss the rules. Right. Yeah, Mitch is welcome back anytime. It's good. No, you kept yeah, the conversation kept the conversation flowing. That's what it's all about. You did a better job than I do. I struggle no, spitting out my host. words from time to time. Excellent host. No, several times throughout this podcast, I've just been like, Kira, just repeat the sentence. <laughs> We're going to go play CTR, aren't we? Yes, right yeah. now. Awesome. I'm so keen. All right. Adios. Thanks for joining us. See you next time. Bye.